This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said Podcast. I'm David Michael, your host. Joining me on the podcast that used to enjoy Dean Smith as a manager, now we've transcended to dancing on his relegation grave, uh, Mr. Chris Bird. Hello. And Phil Hello. Shaw, <laughs> welcome Hello. back. Dancing on graves, it's all started very dark. Where do <laughs> relegation we, where do we, where do we, graves. Where do we go Relega- from here? <laughs> we're, we're on the up. Gerard only looks up, so that's where we must look. I was okay. expecting the 40-point the 40, the 40 fanfare episode that we usually have. Hmm. Well, expectations weren't reached. We were expecting to do this in December, so... The 40-point the <laughs> fanfare episode, that's the thing of the past. That used to be... Uh, back in the day when we had no ambition yeah <laughs> except 40 <laughs> points a season did you shed a tear for smith as he limped off into the championship uh no i, mean, I was i was you know i thought it was a pretty respectful and really nice nice gesture from the fans i thought he actually got a, a very good reception um to be honest some of the loudest chants of the day were for him not for the team that was never in doubt. You'd always get a good yeah. reception because yeah. uh, there was no uh, bad vibes at Villa Park. I mean, because no. I mean, all the games at Villa, half the games at Villa Park this season are all in the last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Three uh, in nine days, or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, because uh, at the start, when uh, Smith Run was building up, a lot of it was away games, and, and we we were kind of playing a home game every month, and. Mm. There wasn't that, you know, how it turns, the crowd turns, and yeah. we didn't really ever get to that stage. So it was, uh, in terms of Villa Park regulars, attendees, he didn't really li- uh, leave on a bad uh, note. Though. And there was there was always the vibe that we know it's not working, but we want him to turn it around. It isn't like, you know, some managers where you're just yeah. waiting for them to fuck up and then you're going to jump on them like someone like o- 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 O'Leary. Or- like, like Steve Gerrard. Or, 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 Alex, or Alex McLeish or, or Lambert. Steve and Gerrard. Or- I've, I've already seen it. People are turning yeah. on Gerrard. Anyway, let's uh, crack on with the show. How how are you guys anyway? Anything interesting happening? Not too bad, David. It's been a very stressful week, but not too bad. Finishing records. And I went to see Alan Partridge last night. Is he still alive? Is he still working? Just just about. When was the last time it was a TV show? Well, he was doing recently. Last last year, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, oh, sorry, I don't watch television. <laughs> I have no idea what goes on in that tube. Mm, he doesn't knock off of the one show that's actually more realistic than the real one show. <laughs> it's true, actually. It's pretty good. Was it a good night? It was all right, actually, yeah. It's pretty funny. Did Birmingham embrace him to their bosom? Uh, reasonably, yeah. Did he uh, make it uh, localised to yes. the Birmingham yeah, audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, which is quite funny. Oh, that's good. Because I, I went in Belfast and he definitely localized it to us. We had Titanic jokes and everything, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> as usual. What what was the uh, the Brummy shtick? Well, I mean, the first thing was he came on stage and saying, you know, it was he comes on to, uh, we built this city in, from rock and roll, but he came, you know, we built this city on Simon Le Bon and we put the city on various other <laughs> Brummy references of just like real <laughs> questionable Birmingham references. That was pretty good. Good it. stuff. Right, let's crack on, shall we? Uh, coming up in the show, uh, we'll go through the normal villain news. Uh, the three points uh, t- touches on relegation, and uh, oh, the best got stadium. That's just too good. Wow. We gotta, we gotta uh, d- enjoy a dance on that uh, subject <laughs> uh, before we uh, get into uh, a rare villa win. I can't remember the last time I saw one. But uh, it had to be a win. I mean, this, we were playing a team that probably our under-23s could turn over. So uh, it's good to see the three points in the bag. And uh, hopefully we can look upwards, as uh, Gerard says. First of all, it's uh, time for some news. Uh, hmm, shall we talk about uh, Angelina Jolly's trip to the Ukraine? Or Neil Parrish, uh, the MP, who is resigning after a porn moment of madness? <sighs> It's definitely just or, 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 or the or, villain news. Or maybe the villain news. Um. <laughs> maybe the villain news. I mean, mm. fair play to uh, Jolly to going to Ukraine. I mean, there's people going, eh, celebrity. They want, they need, they need weapons, not celebrities. But from the point of view, of the people who will actually, I mean, you know, take some cojones to go yeah, in there because out at the moment, it's not exactly the most stable, is it? And the people uh, will be welcome, you know, to see yeah. see somebody like her come in because at the end of the day, they think they're just locked off and they're just left to their own devices yeah. to uh, yeah. defend themselves against the great Russian bear. So they're sending in Lara Croft. Yeah, well, I, in my time as a film journalist, I've interviewed her, I don't know, five, six times. And I actually went on set when and interviewed her when she was dressed up as Lara Croft. Oh, wow. and also went on set when she was dressed up as Malfissant. Ah. And I and I saw her in a black PVC outfit with yellow contacts, cheek implants and horn implants as well. And uh, I saw her on cables doing her, uh, I think it's in the end when she turns into some dragon or something. Oops, spoiler alert. And then got to interview her wearing that same outfit as well after watching a it sounds like an S&M club really I mean to be to be honest it looked like an S&M club uh, when you saw her uh, strung up anyway we uh, digress I think we should just carry on talking about that that actually that, that that experience probably uh, more exciting than the villa news but let's see what's happened uh, in the villa news this week A new contract for Jacob Ramsey, which takes him to uh, 2027. Deserved? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he's been uh, the Deserved. big progress uh, story of he's this been, season. He's, been, he's probably been the success story of the season, hasn't he, for Vidor, I would say. Because we started off the season with, uh, well, what does he actually bring to the team? Or what can he bring to the and, team? And now, we, and now we see it regularly. And with, with an extra gear or two to go into, I would suggest. Oh yeah, no, there's a lot more to come uh, yep. uh, f- for sure. And uh, on the injury front, uh, Lucas Dean came out of nowhere. Yeah, did, I saw. Did I yeah. miss the memo on that one? Yeah, random. I saw the team shit. I was like, oh fucking hell, what's he doing there? Because I was, yeah. even, I was expecting him back for maybe Burnley like, at home. He or? didn't even, uh, he didn't even even get a shout out in the press conference, did he? And there wasn't even videos, was there? During no. the week, like, look who's back training, back on the grass, and all that sort of shit. It was just 
He's in the no, team. There was no, he wasn't, it, I don't think he mentioned him in his uh, injury roundup. He just said Traore's back. And we went, oh, yeah, well, he's back for another week. He'll be injured again <laughs> soon. So that was good news because I think he needs games just to feel like he belongs at the club, really. Yeah. He did all right. Yeah, it's good. Good attitude as well to play with um, a plate and screws and his fractured collarbone yeah. as well. Oh, you, what's you he doing on in, the pitch? <laughs> you check his Instagram there. That's that's how they, they got it repaired. All right. Well, that's what we like to see. That's the spirit. None of these. Uh, I mean, the ba- Bailey injury. Well, we'll talk about that later. But I wasn't that hundred percent convinced when he uh, when he went down. But anyway. Australian tour has been confirmed. Obviously, it was rumoured uh, for a while, but nobody seemed to know exactly how it would manifest itself. But it's manifested itself in the Queensland Champions Cup. The sharp end. Where Leeds, mm-hmm. United, Aston Villa and Brisbane Roar will battle it out. I don't know. Who, who, did they win the... Yeah, they, I suppose they won the championship. We won the playoff final. Is that why we're in the Champions Cup? <sighs> God uh, knows. <laughs> The juicy tie, though, is in Perth, is it not, when we take on uh, Manchester United? Yeah, which seem, at the moment seems to be becoming a bit of a customary pre-season thing at the moment, doesn't it? So, uh, villains in Australia, enjoy them and don't get fleeced by the... They put on all these Premier League access all area yeah, packages, packages things, and ridiculous. They? If you want autographs and all that kind of uh, shenanigans, just find out what hotel there are and just hover around. Uh, don't be uh, paying yeah. through the nose. Don't pay for, grand uh, for meet and greet. Yeah, fuck that shit. If you were there at uh, Norwich, Leicester and the games before, you wouldn't be wanting to meet and greet them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that bit out. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Anyway, uh, coming up on uh, BT Sports soon, I uh, got a press release uh, from the company behind this actually. Uh, Super Villains, which BT Sport actually go to the trouble of make uh, pretty decent documentaries, actually, don't they? Uh, it's a decent track record. So, uh, Super Villains will be out on the 18th of May, BT Sport. I think it premieres. Good to see it spelt right. Yeah, no, exactly. That's the first test, isn't it? 18th of May, half 10 on BT Sport. Phil, can you do me a pirate VHS? I've got BT Sport, David. I can probably uh, hook you up. Can you send an Uber around to pick me up and drive me to your house? (laughs) I thought I was sending the chopper. (laughs) I'll I'll FaceTime it. Oh, yeah, that'll do. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, we we didn't... uh, speak about the uh, women's team uh, last week because they were actually playing uh, the day after that we're recording and they're also playing against Arsenal uh, the day after we, we record this but uh, three games unbeaten now after a, a decent nil-nil draw against Manchester United and mm-hmm. they are now ninth in the table with two games to go I think that's where they're going to finish because they've got a game against Arsenal which uh, since Arsenal are second and one of the elites, I wouldn't expect them to get anything. But then again, last season, got they got drawed in the last day yeah. to stay up, yeah. So you never know. And then they finish off uh, with a showcase against uh, relegated uh, Birmingham City uh, at Villa Park. Right, uh, Mr. Phil Shaw, I think it's time for Media Muppets. <laughs> Phil, what's in the medium muppet trough this week? Well, it, it's a mixture of all the big guns. So we'll have the athletic and Jimmy Carragher and Sky being the main defenders. They're, they're, they've come up with a new trophy. Apparently, the trophy is the biggest team to get relegated in the Premier League era trophy. I thought we already won that. that. Oh well, we should. I we, we should got to keep it like uh, Brazil did with the Jules Rimet trophy. No, because I mean it's all relevancy, isn't it? Um, 
because this is gold dust for like engagement because people like people rubbernecking and driving past a car accident you'll get a lot of fans just keeping an eye on everton's decline even leeds's decline if you if the, if you want a double dunt of leeds declining again well, come on yeah leeds uh let's they, they haven't ascended yet so they can't really decline <laughs> yeah just yeah they, they've mm-hmm. still got to finish uh what top 10 to to be officially out of a decline <laughs> Yeah, so but it's it's not it's not even the debate because you know it's just for engagement. It's whenever they come to the justification for Everton being the biggest club to be relegated from the top flight during the Premier League era. I mean, you just have to look at Forest and Villa, three European cups between them. Leeds won the last first division title before the Premier League reset the scores. Blackburn won the Premier yeah, League. Leeds, and Leeds are also in a Champions League semi final, wasn't it? Yeah, in the yeah. mid two thousands, yeah. huh? like within seasons yeah. before they got relegated. Yeah, and then there's Man City to consider before they went rich. They went right down the divisions. But um, it's another worrying trend I'm seeing there. Oliver Kay of The Athletic, he's just adding this glow, uh, growing trend of football writers cozying up to Newcastle since the takeover. I mean, just search online for Jake Humphreys and BT Sports' defence of their, their new regime online, if you don't believe me. It sounds like somebody's got a gold watch uh, in the post. Ah. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, Using Everton, this is what he, Oliver Kay in the Athletic tweeted, some disputing Carragher's claim about Everton being the biggest club relegated in the Premier League era. Newcastle relegated six times since the league title in 1927. In that time, Everton are team being champs seven times and Everton have only been four years outside the top flight in their history. So Oliver Kay agrees with Carragher there. But the fact that he's just inserted Newcastle in to be the second biggest team ever relegated from the Premier League it's just it's it's the direction of travel we're going but I'm sure Everton fans will be thrilled to win this new invented trophy of the biggest team ever relegated the European Cup count anymore I was uh, pleased to see that thing you uh, sent me uh, about the athletic uh, running through Manchester United's new manager Tan Hag's next season on football manager that's great great journalism athletic there well done very good (laughs) I liked your response as well what did I say was it how they're the Call of Duty one? Let's say I refined somebody else's idea. I said it's like uh, it has the same analysis worth as playing Call of Duty to find out if one soldier can liberate Ukraine on his own, take out the Russian army and assassinate Putin at the end as the big boss. It's not real. It's not real, <laughs> so why do it? I mean, fair enough if you want to set up a YouTube channel and get engagement because more people like to watch people playing games than they do actually playing themselves. But uh, their lunch line was like for smarter audiences, I think, when they tried to get people to subscribe to it. So uh, they should act accordingly. Right, uh, time for the three points, and uh, we were looking for one, the first point, uh, and I thought, I think the Everton situation, after Burnley's fine win, I mean, Sean Dyche was holding them back, little did we know, holding them back all those years. I mean, imagine if they got rid of Sean Dyche at the end of last season, they'd, they would be pretty much locked in for the Champions League qualification, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they, <laughs> top four? No problem. Well... Th- they always had the squad for it, as I've said, for years. <laughs> but uh, one one of the things, I mean, it became a reality, I think. Me, me, a lot of people think, yeah, Everton, they might go down. But, you know, Burnley look fucked. Watford look fucked. But after Burnley, is, they've put uh, together, what is it now? Three wins at the last four? Is it three wins and a draw? Yeah, like the last, uh, last five games. So now they are uh, they're looking good, aren't they? They've moved above bloody Leeds. So they're doing the, what they do. 
They moved above Leeds and uh, now Everton. Now, uh, something that hasn't been really uh, factored into this is if they go down, and it's looking uh, pretty lightly now, especially when you factor in Frank Lampard's the manager. (laughs) (laughs) That tactical... Genius. But the thing is, they they're building a new stadium, are they not? They and, are. Uh, it's due to be complete in twenty twenty four stroke twenty five. So they'll have a, another season uh, at Goodison in the Championship. And I think you know, you, you talk about best case scenarios. I think it's the only case scenario they have to really bounce back. Got it, won't they? Because if they do what we did <sighs> and stick around for a few seasons they're or fucked. worse, then they're fucked because they're going to have this bank brand new spanking stadium and when you build a stadium you you're you're doing your budget and you're doing your budget for premier league football and tv rights monies monies they were probably thinking about maybe even european football yeah and so not only that you've got some uh heavy hitters in that squad which you're gonna have to shift but also you've got to shift and you know Sometimes people don't like to buy losers, so uh, that'll be an interesting situation. So uh, they could be in big, big trouble. This is not just about relegation. This is about extermination. This could be what we could we call it. <laughs> this could be an ongoing story. Yeah, because they're, they're already in discussions with the Premier League about how to manage their finances to the end of the season, so they're on the radar. Yeah. yeah. Now, personally, and also I think Villa fans generally you know got some uh commiserations from everton fans when we went down because obviously it's the most played fixture you know we are old uh cohorts of this uh of this game so uh they were in the con you know good they say some good fans who are you know tr- traditional fans they didn't like the idea of uh you know a proper traditional team going down when we went down now i'm a bit more colder to them going down i've got to admit because uh, i look at this english seasons in the english top flight table and villa are second only to everton and we're they, they've been in uh, the top flight for 119 seasons villa 108 seasons uh, and then we're followed one season behind by liverpool i mean good job we got fucking promoted when we did <laughs> so uh so we're 11 seasons behind them so i'm you know i don't like to see everton go down but if they're going down, they might as well stick around in the championship or lower for a good 12 seasons, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> We're that desperate to be top of any table possible. And then Aston Villa will rise, finally, to be the top of a table, which is seasons in the English top flight. And then we that will be a uh, that'll be something to bring up in arguments, yeah. for sure. I, mean, I don't think Everton fans probably flex that one enough. Get, get relegated Everton and then just wallow around for, a, for over a decade or so. Right, point number two, uh, the Ukrainian Premier League season has been terminated because of the ongoing conflict in uh, the country. No surprise there. They do have a uh, three-month winter break, so that would explain why this has only uh, recently come out as a uh, resolution. I think what they've done, they've just frozen the standings as of the 24th of February with uh, Schechter Donetsk top of the league with 47 points, two points ahead of uh, Dynamo Kiev. Uh, I don't think they're going to award uh, any trophies or anything. They'll just uh, leave that as the final uh, standings, and then they will uh, create a working group to discuss how they go uh, forward. Bit of a bit of a limbo situation there, which is a bit awkward. But I think the, but the, those top two teams have been playing each other in like charity games, haven't they, to uh, raise money? Yeah. Right. Point number three. Oh, this is what uh, a belter. This is what a belter. This is the Bescott Stadium, home of. Aston, Aston Villa, Villa in July. <laughs> <laughs> Aston Villa women, <laughs> Aston Villa in pre-season, and, uh, oh, Warsaw as well. Now, uh, 
They've done, Warsaw, that is, have done the, the largest commercial partnership in its history by announcing a deal with Poundland. Incredible. Oh, it's a fitting, I think it's a fitting commercial partnership, if you ask me. Now, this is one of those where they do the deal. The club are going, we need that fucking money. Poundland are going, we want this exposure, and it's probably a good deal for them in terms of uh, how much it's going to cost to get a whole football stadium named after you. It's probably cheap compared to what is out there and the catchment area and everything. But the, the elephant in the room is... Fans and the football fraternity at large are just going to take the piss full time, aren't they? Yeah. And they know that. You'll get the banter around that, but I mean, it's importantly, the Poundland Bescott Stadium. So the Bescott name has sort of come back, but Poundland is the dominant name here. This is, uh, I think that's the uh, the Warsaw spokesman. The uh, managing director of Poundland, Barry Williams, said, there'll be a bit of fun, but I think the real fans... We'll see beyond that and be very pleased by the fact that there's stability for the football club. We relocated all our new offices to Warsaw 18 months ago, and this is our home. So it makes sense for us to embed ourselves with within the local community and support someone like Warsaw FC. Uh, from their point of view, I mean, you know, that's a good move and uh, for, for the reasons what you just said there. But I mean, this is like uh, arming other football fans with a nuclear warhead, isn't it? To be used against <laughs> you. <laughs> It's like it's, I mean, it's almost too too easy as a uh, well, it's tapping in it. This one, it's just it is, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for you know what what are fans going to be singing? I mean, pretty much every every away team's going to come up with songs about Poundland. Oh, just what a waste of money. Personally, I I think uh, Barry Williams of uh, the managing director of Poundland, uh, he missed a big opportunity. He really uh, should have sponsored the the Blues. It's the perfect blue sponsor. Win win all round. Massive win for Villa fans. It'd been incredible, <laughs> I, wouldn't it? I can't believe they let that one go. It was such an opportunity for everybody involved. Never mind. <laughs> and, the, and and Poundland could have played in the championship. <laughs> Could have gone a couple of leagues up. Really, yeah, really it, made it, a yeah. dent with their PR. <laughs> really made a splash at St Andrews when they reopened the stand finally. Uh, Kids they for could a have, quiddle you know, come they, back, they, obviously. They could, have, they could have kept the St Andrews name. They could have called it the Poundland St Andrews Stadium. The Poundland, oh. or even Poundland at St Andrews. No, no, no. The Poundland St Andrews Stadium just, just, just has perfect, a nice ring it? to it. Just has a nice ring to it. Anyway, uh, moving on to uh, the visit of the Canary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's... This is one of those games where it literally is, it's about the result and you've got to win. It's a no-win situation, really, is it? The only, I think the best we could have expected is for Villa just to click and actually serve up some entertainment and uh, didn't really start off that well. I mean, but the we'll get to that in a minute, but the big lineup news was uh, he rung the changes. I mean, as we mentioned earlier on, Lucas Dean came out of nowhere and then uh, little Timmy got a game... Yeah, he opened him, finally got his start. Which I think it was probably a good game to start. I mean, to be fair, I think they, it was a good yeah, decision. Yeah, perfect. And not a, like a nasty side either. I think you, know, you wouldn't necessarily want to put an 18-year-old yeah. central midfielder up against a relegation-threatened Burnley who would fucking bully him, wouldn't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, so uh, a perfect game there. And also, uh, interestingly, uh, Chambers came in to replace Konza. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Konza's not had the greatest of seasons, but uh, you know, this is off the back of a clean sheet against Leicester. So he thought that might have given him a bit of confidence and you know get him on the straight and narrow again but uh, interesting to uh, swap swap him at this stage and there was a little bit of talk that maybe you know Buendia might come in obviously he'd come come off the bench at Leicester and in other games and done pretty well he thought well if he's, if there's a game he's going to be bang up for it'll be this one we'll come yeah. on to him you know later on but he you know, got his run out and made a huge difference. You know, Bailey was persisted with, which you said would probably happen. Um, that, obviously, yeah. <laughs> that didn't go very well. Again, we'll come on to that in a second. But um, not not that I was willing it to happen. I just, it was I just, just thought it was something that was going to happen because yeah. you've seen there's a player there, but we're, we're planning for the future here. Yeah. And we have to know what what his role is going to be, and uh, you know, at the moment, the the jury's mm-hmm. you know, the the jury's out. Unfortunately, a lot of the jury have already made their mind up, but, which is a shame we, for him actually, because he started the game reasonably well. I would have said, yeah, you kind of thought, oh, this, this might be the kind of game for him. I think their fullback Williams was questionable at best, and he thought this is this might suit him today. Did you see the welcome back Smith banner? To be honest, I didn't. This is the thing: um, all these banners only get seen on social media. Now the idea of banners, we've got to they've got to be seen in the ground, and none of this. Oh, we'll just show it as the players come on the pitch in in the ground during the game, and uh, yeah, don't worry about what the clubs say. You know, this is fan culture. Yeah, just do it. This is one thing I, I'm, you know, I see it when it's like it's all right getting people to chip in money, and then all all they really see is these uh, these banners on social media, and they get the likes and the retweets. But that, but the, the reason why you make banners is for in the game during the game, and uh, although that one was always going to be a bit weird in uh, during the game because obviously it's you know undermining the current manager. Yes, to be fair, Smith, you know, came came straight out of the tunnel and got a really good reception as we we thought he would. And, and did after the game as well. Yeah. Deser- I mean, deservedly so. Norwich are kind of what you deem as like a harmless team, aren't they? They're in the same bracket as Fulham, Bournemouth. Oh, they're just they're a bit nothing-y. Although, strangely, I mean, it was the lowest gate of the year. Because they didn't they didn't bring anybody in the, the top tier. And a bit of the lower tier as well, which is weird, because I remember when we played them on the Boxing Day, the first year we came up, they had their usual lower tier, because they don't traditionally travel that well anyway. Yeah. But they they sold the upper Doug Ellis. They took the front little five or six rows out and then sold the bit behind it. They didn't do that, which I was looking at, and, and Dan is sitting next to me, was sort of saying, well, surely there's enough people who would have wanted a ticket for this that they could have released those 
Yeah. And they would have sold enough. And they would have sold some of them. You don't put it out online and and say, "Oh, uh, another sold out game." And and a fair few singles died around the ground as well. Let's be frank. Yeah, I'm sure there's some people who were just trying to sell the remainder of the games uh, yeah. of the season uh, because there isn't much of a competitive edge now. Uh, no, it it felt so. It either felt like this is the first yeah. game of the season or the last game of the season. It was so end of season. It was very pedestrian in places and very sort of care. Very like the yeah, very like the Newcastle game at the start of the season, and even the Brentford game it was that sort of atmosphere. There was just you knew the team Norwich weren't any good. It was, it was yeah. just like that. It was just like make, make sure Villa just get it done. I mean, you could see this at the start. Villa were you know they're basically putting on an act to uh, to keep Gerard happy in terms of uh, showing a bit of tenacity, or whatever. But you knew there was an underlining feeling by the time it faded. By the time the 90 minutes are out, we'll win this game. So there's no rush to really, uh, you know, impose ourselves. Mm-hmm. I was just waiting for Pookie to put a spanner in the works and uh, put a bit of petrol on the fire. No, if anything, it was it was Rashika who turned us down, who nearly did that with a, yeah. you know, a wonder save from, uh, from Martinez. It was a brilliant save considering it had so little to do all game. Yeah, it just had a feel to me as a game that, if, as long as we got a goal before half time, just to you know snap yeah, their backs, we're be fine. then then I thought we might gel a bit in the second half and put on a bit of a show. But that never really, never we really happened. Well, first half we started reasonably quickly, and obviously you had the Bailey one where he hits the bar. And it was a, a great effort by him, and I thought he's he's in business here against their fullback with him and Cash sort of doubling down yeah. on him. And I thought, and I thought that was that was creating the overload on the other side as well with. Coutinho and Dino, where you get that natural left-footed overload. I thought, we, we could be in business here. If this clicks properly, we can get a little bit of control. We can flatten these. And But what you had with Irogunum, who I actually thought did really well, but you can see that he is a, an out-and-out number six. And against a team yeah. like Norwich, where you think you get on the ball and you've got to move it quickly and you'll rip them to pieces. It might have actually been a game for Louise where it would have suited him because they weren't going to get on top of him. Um, and I thought Rogan had some really nice touches, did well. I, th- I think actually well done, good Got day. Got stuck in a bit Got as stuck well. in, yeah, did, did really well. <laughs> yeah. I think actually it was the game, you could see the second half, when Louise came on, he just gave you that little bit more zip with the ball. Yeah. Same as Buendia. And we lacked that. And I think the goal kind of came a little bit out of nowhere, frankly. And a really good finish in the end by Watkins. I think we, he, he sort of had earned a little bit of luck for his hard work. Yeah. You know, obviously, after both keepers had made brilliant saves, the save from the Bailey one by Tim Crawley is incredible. He tips it onto the bar. It's a brilliant save. Um, but a great finish. You kind of go in 1-0 up, which was good because Sean and Anthony, who sit next to me, were kind of bored shitless and said, we need a goal here. We'll go for a beer. Knowing full well, when they go for a beer, we always score. Like clockwork. Thanks, guys. Yeah, perfect. And then second half, we kind of came out and you thought, we look really good here for 10 minutes. And on 55 minutes, you thought, how, how are we not 3-4 up here? Like, a bit like the Southampton game. This should be done as a contest. We should be cruising. And we just, I don't know, stopped. Yeah, it's. It, I think if a Villa in proper full flow, I mean, and, we, and we, you know, we have seen this uh, over the last couple of seasons that we can do this. I think we'd have won that at a canter and, and set up, you know, set about them. I mean, I mean, to be fair though, I think Dean Smith has uh, tightened them up a bit. They're not a team that, you know, teams go and beat them uh, five six nil, are they? Well, they they used to be, but you know, I still looking at them. I thought there's three or four in this. If we really, uh, you know, you look yeah. at who we've got on the bloody pitch, Mister Coutinho, etc., and uh, just not really happening. No, you, Villa just got dragged down, sort of like the Norwich's level. They didn't really like rise above it. I mean, I I, I looked about at the referee because some of the challenges that going in that were going in weren't dirty. They were just really clumsy, and he didn't do anything to sort of. I mean, a clumsy challenge would go in from like a Villa player, and it would be immediately it would be a free kick. Clumsy challenge would go from from a Norwich player, and then it would just sort of be a, like, "We'll play on, see where this goes," and then the advantage would yeah, end. Things it was, it was um... just there was no consistency again because if you look at the challenge that 
injured Bailey if you know that was what did injure him from was it Williams yeah, against Stanley? Yeah, took, took his standing uh, yes. leg, didn't he? I think. Yes, took his standing leg. It was, it was a bit like the cash one the week before that we said. I mean, I, I, I think it was it was one of those. I don't think there was a lot of malice in it, but it's get the ball first and then carry on through mm-hmm. the man. I don't think Billy was really interested after that. Yeah. No, there was one moment, um, I mean, the ref, to be honest, you can. it's very easy to say now because we've won, but I actually thought the ref was crap. Reasonably rubbish to both teams. He just had a really poor game. Luckily, it didn't affect anything. I think he, there wasn't any major calls that he had to make that would have affected the I game. Think, uh, crap refs at Villa Park is... Is now omnipresent, isn't yeah. It? It's, but uh, um, so he got the injury and he and he was down. He thought, and you, you sort of got him back. Saw him get back up and limp. And you thought he's fucked here, but he'll probably come back on. I said they'll give him five minutes and see it. And then he gave him five minutes and he got through it. Yeah, and he thought it looked oh, like okay. it was over. It, it was yeah. okay. And then they had a break and he ran past Bailey and then the crowd turned on him because he just he just down tools, which yeah. may be a bit harsh if you're injured. But if you're injured, just sit down and stop the game. If it looked like he just he just thought I can't be fucked with this, and then he sort of waddled around for a little bit, and then he went down, and the fans were really annoyed with him for that. But the interesting thing was when he went off, Gerard, uh, you know, you do the you know I don't know tap on the head, shake of the hand, but but he stopped him, and, and he had a word about what what was wrong. Yeah. Normally that doesn't happen, does it? Because they they get the intel of what's happening, and they yeah. just go, you know, they tap him on the head or whatever yeah. and uh, they sit on the bench and then they no, talk went, about it after the game the they talk about it after the game whatever but he had a word with him on the touchline you're finished son <laughs> <laughs> well th- there was another thing that y- you wouldn't have picked up um, being in the ground but on the the, the coverage at home um Whenever he went down the first time, Jared looked around to the bench as if to tell people to warm up. And the, the, the look he gave Triori as if to say, yeah, I'm looking at you, Triori, go and do a warm-up. Mm. I mean, the, the shock in Triori's face, that wasn't wasn't really yeah. a good sign moving yeah. forward. I mean, they actually fucked up in the ground. Uh, you know, Dave, the announcer, was uh, you know, re- replacing Leon Bailey. is uh, Emmy Buendia. Everyone went, Wee! and everyone looked at the big screen and went, no, that's Danny Ings, mate. <laughs> <laughs> And they went, oh, correction, because basically the Villa fans, as soon as the first time Bailey went down, the crowd lifted because they were singing about Wendia through a lot yeah. of the game because obviously they saw it at the Leicester game when he came on and made an influence in other games. And I think this was the game we thought, this would have been a good game to see if him and Coutinho can play off a striker together. Yeah. Um, it was you know, a good look, game look, to see if any player in yeah, a Villa shirt could play. Um, <laughs> could play full stop. And, and then obviously, you know, what, finally you get the goal and you kind of go in at the break thinking... To be honest, as long as we score next, we'll win this. Because um, Norwich didn't have much, you know, bar the, the Rashika effort, which was speculative. To be honest, it was a bit of a left, a right foot swinger. That yeah. could, that, um, made it but I thought, I thought they were tidy. I was impressed with Max Aaron's at fullback for them. I thought they had a bit of enterprise, and and you could just tell the Rodine Smith team the way they try and play, and it's all very neat and tidy. But they just had fuck all about them. Yeah, they just had no quality. Uh, talking about Mr. Buendia, when he when he came on, I mean, he yeah, was great. He did well. I think what you saw uh, the lead up to that second goal was the difference between him and uh, Coutinho, for yeah. example. It's just there's a bit more tenacity about him. There is, and he and he yeah. went up with that challenge. You know, I don't know if it's a centre back, somebody a lot bigger than him, and he and he still managed to win that ball and then obviously yeah. lay it off to Ings. Yeah. You could tell he's, he's he's hungry. He's probably got a bit. You know, that, his ego's obviously taking a little bit of a hit from from yeah. not. Uh, you know, from not playing the games he expected to when he came in for a hefty price tag. And yeah. and it, I think he probably would have thought, not necessarily arrogantly, that they're probably going to try and build a team to get the best out of me here. I'm here to replace Jack Grealish. And he's also come from being the number one dog. Exactly. And then when mm-hmm. he came on, you could see in Villa, they just they switched back into life a little bit. You thought, because he, he had the look that no one else had had during the, the sticky bits in the game where he thought, this is where Coutinho is meant to stand up. And actually, the yeah. start of the second half, Villa switched shape slightly and went two up front. Coutinho is a 10. And you could tell Smith couldn't work it out 
to begin with. And, and they were getting, that's why Villa had three or four reasonable chances at the start of the second half, should have killed the game because they couldn't pick up Coutinho. We thought, we're in luck here. Then we faded. But when Buendia came back on, he, he literally had that thing that I've been talking about for a while of, give me the fucking ball. I'm going to run the show here. And he did. You know, we've, we, you've said it numerous times, David, about he just sees the pass before everyone else when you don't even yeah. know it's on. Two or three times he did that. He had a bit of a nasty streak to him. He squared up to one of the Norwich lads who went through the back of him. You can just tell he's hungry. I like him. I like the guy. I think he's a good player. I mean, we, we you know we posed the question before regarding uh, Coutinho, and uh, if you don't get him, or if the price is too much, or you know you, you don't fancy the wages aren't looking good after you get a couple of other chaps in, uh, then I'm happy with Buendia. And you know, if Coutinho's not to be a full time, uh, oh yeah, next season I have no problem with that. I mean, as I've said, you know, people go, oh, can you how can you turn down Coutinho? He's world class. He's world class. If Villa were like a top four team, not a rest of the team's solid as a rock, and he's the guy who's going to uh, give you that extra, you know, in terms of opportunities, ch- turning games, whatever. Fair enough, uh, you know, sign him up. But I think we're not at that level where we can uh, get the best out of Coutinho, and no. we become weaker in certain areas if he's there. And you've seen that away from home. And you've got to balance that up. And I think uh, Wendia does give you a bit more tenacity and, he, you know, he does get kind of stuck in and that does compensate for, you know, being a bit more kind of lightweight, shall we say, because they're meant to be there for their attacking Especially when, play. you know, you go away from home to like top sides, you need 10 men pressing the ball. Yeah. And when you've got Bailey on the other wing, who's not, let's be honest, his game is not off the ball. Buendia is noticeably of, of those forward players. You know, you've got Watkins who works really hard. Ings works really hard. When you put... When deer into that, all of a sudden you've got a three-man press from the front, yeah, which you have yeah. to do now. It's just the modern way. Look at City and Liverpool are just the probably the best at it in the world yeah. at the moment. A, a really high press, but all over the field, it's so such intensity. Now I know you're you know you're playing the bottom of the table side and they are crap, but you could see the difference in that it was he win the ball back and then it was like right, give me the ball, give me the ball, I'll make things happen here. And I, I mean, I, I like players like that anyway. But it lifts the crowd, it lifts the team, he adds dynamism. I mean, undoubtedly, Coutinho will give you some great, great YouTube clips and some great moments. Oh, brilliant, yeah. But that, we're not in that business. Uh, we're in the business of needing to form a team to become very hard to beat and uh, to be difficult opponents full yeah. stop. Well, you want to play winning football. You've got to remember that Coutinho's had you know, his successes uh, playing for... The top teams, so the teams are, are there. You know, we're talking Bayern Munich, we're talking Barcelona, and to some extent that Liverpool team. Well, and, they, and he's played for the dominant teams in their division. You know, Bayern, with respect to the others, are a lot better than everyone else. But Barcelona, at that point, were flattening everything in sight, weren't they? You know, and Liverpool, he's got Gerard uh, next to him, so yeah. uh, that's where you get the best out of him. But I mean, you know, I, as I said before, I've never had any problems when facing him. I, I've never gone, oh shit, it's Coutinho, we're going to get fucked today. He, does some sublime things, but I don't know. I wouldn't be wait. I wouldn't be breaking the bank to bring him in no. when you've got somebody like Buendia, who I think overall will uh, give you a chance of creating a more dynamic unit. Thing of Buendia, the thing of Buendia is you need to play him more because you need to get the rest of the team onto his wavelength. Yeah. It's not him onto the team's wavelength. You need the rest yeah. of yeah. them some onto of the, his. Because especially if you get your movement you can, right, his his range of yeah. passing, especially like little balls in behind, little. Eye the needle stuff is just brilliant to watch. Yeah, it's those reverse passes, yeah. and when it's, it's it's like that that old thing you used to get shouted at by coaches when you're playing football yourself, like turn out. I mean, Engs is quite good at, yeah. but Wendy is probably one of the best I've seen. And it's like you know, turn out. You know, when you're in trouble, just go backwards in yourself, and yeah. the space that he makes himself, and then does the reverse pass. Just 
it's unreal, but nobody reads it. That's the problem at the minute. I think with with, with Coutinho, it's the thing of if if you knew you were going to get consistency from him, I think then it's a it's a bit of a no brainer. But you know you you know you're not. I think it will. You know, if we had uh, let's say a bit more presence in that midfield alongside mm-hmm. him, I think you get a, a better Coutinho because then he's got more more of a license just to yeah. completely focus on you know what he yeah. should be doing uh, attackingly. But I think at the stage we're at, and probably the stage we're going to be at uh, next season, then Buendia might be a better fit for the overall picture yeah and I, I wonder I think if you yeah, if you've so. got Coutinho and you're going permanently with him I don't think you can have him I, I don't know if they do but he seems like he's pretty much undroppable I think maybe to get the best out of him you've got to be able to in certain games so you're not starting this game I'm going to bring you on as an impact player come on and do what Buendia's done but you can't just have him as like yeah he's the first name on the team sheet if he's fit he plays I don't think that's healthy yeah. for what they want to build and I also noticed today, actually, I was speaking with, uh, to Phil about this before you, we jumped on here, that with young Iroban and what you saw today against a poor side was what we really need in the summer, the profile of that player. Iroban's much more physical, but he's a genuine six. He's a sitter. He's more like an Akamba. For the yeah. way we want to play, especially when you're playing crap sides, you, he's tidy on the ball, but I don't think, I know it's harsh to judge an 18-year-old, but that genuinely defensive player, he isn't going to run the game. And that's what Villa need. Because McGinn actually had a very good game doing that a bit more. But you need that guy who can sort of have the push and pull to the pace, know when to slow the game down, know when to sort of go long and, and just almost be like a quarterback. I would have no problem bringing in two decent number eights and no. uh, going from there. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's uh, close out uh, now. Now we've upset people about Coutinho. <laughs> Thanks for that, Phil. <laughs> Just being pragmatic. Start of the game. Give me that, Mr. Phil. Well, with a couple. I mean, the first one isn't really football related, but just to make you feel old, the the UK number one single when Tim Rugbenham was born was Evanescence's "Bring Me to Life." Oh, God, I mean, that, I mean that makes me feel old. I mean, that that wasn't even a physical purchase; <laughs> that was a download. So that's how bad that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the 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 other stats, the headline ones you'll see knocking about are it was it was Mings's hundredth Premier League game for Villa. Newsflash: that's more than cr- Martin Larson ever managed. Carry on. Yeah, he's more he's more clean sheets as well, and it was the hundredth career goal for Ollie Watkins as well. Yeah, Watkins scores. I mean, he's because we had a bit of a difficult period. So people giving you know people saying, "Oh, the first thing we need in the window is a new stri- you know top striker." It's like, hang Don't on a minute. That. Watkins and Ings, uh, you're going to be struggling to get into Villa better English strikers. Better you know, strikers a- without spending like stupid money, and they're a risk. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. It's, it is. There's the fundamental both, thing. The fundamental thing is just that fucking midfield. Once that's sorted yeah. out, those two guys uh, you give them, you will, will be fine. You, sh- you saw it today. Watkins had probably one big chance, took it. Ings had probably two big chances and took one of them and, and hit the post with a really good header from the corner. You give them proper service, they're going to score goals. How do you make service? You control the game. How do you control the game? You win the midfield. It's it's kind of we're gonna go we're going over our ground here, guys. It's pretty simple. Uh, I mean that's Gerard's big, big, big conundrum, uh, which is which is obviously working on now. And uh, over the summer, it's to uh, start that season with a midfield that you can trust yeah. and uh, crack and on that is from both, there. And that's both personnel and shape playing yeah. style. It's 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 twofold, isn't it? Indeed us. Right, just want to give a big shout out to uh, the My Omanso patrons uh, for supporting the show and uh, keeping us company in Match Clip as well. If you want to uh, join us uh, 
to see out the end of the season and be privy to the inner workings of My Old Man Said, uh, please do go to myoldmansaid.com and click on the patron link there and uh, we'll do some uh, shout outs next week. Signing up as a My Old Man Said patron, you can do it actually for the whole year as well. So uh, if you t- take out an annual subscription, you do get two months free, which is uh, 15% off and you'll get access to a an extra podcast channel feed and uh, we'll be cranking stuff out over the uh, the preseason as well. You may have gotten an alert uh, that Acast is uh, finishing their app. So uh, I don't know how that affects uh, the inner workings of the extra podcast channel. So I will send out a message to everybody who's a My Own Said patron regarding uh, suggested action to take, uh, etc. Please do, uh, if you're listening on uh, Spotify or Apple or whatever podcast app, you use please do follow so you know uh, so you get the new shows immediately as they drop and uh, give us a review on uh, apple and spotify as well if that's where you listen to the show and you like it and don't forget to uh, follow the show on twitter at my old man said all right any closing words who do we play next is it burnley By- the mighty burnley upwardly mobile burnley mm. finally we play burnley it's been a long time <laughs> who's going to get injured this yeah. time should be an interesting game that though shouldn't it i think that's going to be interesting because you've got a team that actually has something to play for so it can go either one of two ways it can actually uh pull up villa and they'll react to that and Mm -hmm. play or uh we'll get battered because you don't fancy villa in a sort of a fist fight do you no not against (laughs) burnley but but at the same time if you know if we click then uh i think it's it's good games to have rather than you know something like uh, against norwich where you're probably going to win everyone's uh, just going through the motions they felt like they knew what was coming yeah there's no way they went into that game thinking well if we win every game we we might survive it's like they know the inevitable they know they're doomed so I think the Burnley games are interesting because uh I mean we have got some tough games actually because we're actually playing teams that are in need of wins. Burnley, Manchester City, Liverpool. Yeah. It's only really sort of Palace. I mean, it might be that by the time we play Burnley at Villa Park, it might be that they're safe. But then uh, it'll all be about, is there any life left in Villa at the end of the season to uh, have Spoil any influence Have any influence on the title race? Uh, we shall see. Or will we just be a, a punching bag <laughs> for the top two? Ouch. <laughs> oh. I'm looking forward to uh, the Liverpool game and, uh, and, and the Burnley. I thought you were going somewhere else then. I'm really looking forward to the end of the season. <laughs> no, no, no. They I should mean, be uh, interesting games, though. It's nice to, we, I think we said this before, it's nice to actually have games where there's something riding on it because so few of Villa's games have felt like big games. I haven't, I haven't walked to Villa yeah. Park many times this season and gone, this is a big occasion, this is a big one today. Even like in you know, the little mini leagues or like, important swings of form the only one that felt like a, a big moment was maybe the Brighton game when Gerard arrived or yeah but that's like you definitely so, feel like you, you're not getting value for your season ticket and uh, certainly no wow factor and uh, just uh, as a final point uh, we are having a uh, after we, we sent the club a statement regarding those price rises uh, in particular the potential threefold price rise if you are uh, Having the zone you're in, if that uh, goes up a zone and you're you're a concession as well, because concessions are getting chopped across the board. 
or reduced, shall I say, because some people go chopped. Does that mean the concession's gone? They're getting reduced. And then obviously there's a, at the moment, there's a, a 10% uh, across the board. So there's a potential for triple agony there. And uh, after I did the maths on some and other people did that, we'd thought, yeah, it's not going to play well this. So uh, next week, uh, we will have a, another meeting. So we will uh, have a uh, an insight into uh, what the club are thinking. So stay tuned for that. Right. Uh, until we dust up twice against Burnley, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.